Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, good book study. My name is Elaine B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, June 7, 2017. Today we're reading from the big book, page 52, starting with the first paragraph, but in most fields, our generation, we're reading three paragraphs through But the God Idea Did commenting on all three paragraphs. Today's readers are Penny L.C., Mary H., and Sherry K.B. The reference number for yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting on June 6th, Tuesday, was, is 10015. The reference number for this morning's meeting at 7 a.m. is 10017. DOA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Christine M. to read the 12 steps. Yes, this is Christine M., recovered in Missouri. Please go ahead. Uh, The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
and I pass, and thank you for letting me be service. Thank you for your service, Christine M. And now I will ask Rocky I to read the 12 traditions. Hello, good morning. Hi, Rocky. Okay, good morning. This is Rocky I, recovered in Tempe, Arizona. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating. For, four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group are never endorsed finance, or learn the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA, as such, had never be endorsed, I mean, organized, but we might create service boards or committees directly responsible to those who they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name will never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions. Every reminder to place, to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me serve. Thank you, Rocky. Aye. Our meeting focuses, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your share to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence required for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everybody's phone except the speaker should be muted. We also request that you don't use speakerphones because that causes some feedback. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 52, starting with paragraph 1 that begins, but in most fields our generation. We'll be reading three paragraphs, finishing with, but the God idea did. I will ask Penny L.C. to begin reading. 
Good morning, Elaine, and good morning to everyone on the line. This is Penny L.C., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from the state of Washington, page 52. But in most fields, our generation has witnessed complete liberation of our thinking. Show any longshoreman a Sunday supplement describing a proposal to explore the moon by means of a rocket, and he will say, I bet they do it. Maybe not so long either. Is not our age characterized by the ease with which we discard old ideas for new, by the complete readiness with which we throw away the theory or gadget which does not work for something new which does? We had to ask ourselves, why shouldn't we apply to our human problems the same readiness to change our point of view? Were we having trouble with personal relationships? That we couldn't control our emotional natures? Were we prey to a misery and depression? We couldn't make a living? We had a feeling of uselessness. We were full of fear. We were unhappy. We couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. Was not a basic solution of these bedevilments more important than whether we should see newsreels of lunar flight? Of course it was. When we saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. Our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. And um, when I'm looking at these paragraphs, I realize again how the authors are striving to help me learn where I am and where I could be if I just simply come to believe. And it starts out by giving an example of how much things are quickly changed in our, in our world today. And boy, don't I know that in terms of all the times I've tried to change my plan of controlled eating. This diet, that diet, this technique, this behavioral modification. I went to great lengths to try to find a a new solution. And I was quick to to jump from one to the next as soon as it was was offered. but this allows me to also look at this and think, okay, so if I've got freedom from my limits of my thinking, what else could work? But then I have to stop and ask myself, and, and you know, here again, it's, it's a convincing proposition. How's my life doing in my disease? How, how am I managing? And boy, when I asked myself this list of bedevilment, there was no doubt I could say yes to all of them. And that was my truth staring me back staring back excuse me, staring back at me from these pages, from these words. I was all of these things. And so what was my solution gonna be? The the beautiful part is that, you know, they don't take us out there and make us feel like we've we've we're hopeless, but without giving us a new alternative. 
just a chance to come to believe in a power greater than myself. My ideas hadn't worked, but God did. The God idea did, and all I need to do is be willing to let that idea come into my thoughts, be open to it, and explore it. And I'm grateful that it's, it's worked in my life, and I no longer have to rely on a mind-numbing substance or behavior. I can rely on a power greater than me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. And thank you, Elaine, for your service and everyone on the call today doing service. Thank you, Penny Elsie. So now we'll open up the line for sharing. Who'd like to comment on what was read? Jackie B. Sue G. Peggy H. Gina R. Okay. Okay, I think... uh, Hold on just a second here. Um, I have... Jackie, I'm going to ask you to share your first initial of your last name when you share. Suji, Peggy H, Tina H, Carol, I didn't get your last initial. And then was it Kathleen? Kathleen O, yes. Oh, okay, great. So let's start with those. Jackie, Sue, Peggy, Tina, Carol, and Kathleen. And please use your last initial when you introduce yourself. Please go ahead, Jackie. Hi, I'm Jackie B. from the Bronx. Thank you for your service. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Okay. Uh, Recovered one day at a time. Um, What I thought was uh, when we saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. Our idea did not work, but the God idea did. And I highlighted that, and I wrote the heart of the matter. That's the heart of the matter of my program today. Um, I have to look at people before me, after me, during me, every day at this program and see how the program works for others and that it'll work for me too. Um, Instead of me asking God, why did you give me this life? Why did you give me these problems? Why did you give me these parents? Why did you give me this husband? Why, 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 why? I ask how. How can I be of service today? How can I not put my hand and my body in a bag of Tootsie Rolls and be of service to others? How can I um, live without the insanity of questioning myself or asking myself, why are you so irresponsible, so unlovable, unlikable, anything? Because, you know, that's what I used to say to myself to hit myself over the head today, uh, well, years ago. Today, I don't do that. Today, I look and say, you know what? I'm not perfect. Um, I try to manipulate in the past. I tried to have things done the way I wanted them because I thought that would keep me calm, cool, and collective. Today I realize what keeps me calm, cool, and collective is knowing that I'm not eating the foods that will trigger my disease, and then I'm working my program every other day, every day, not every other day, every day. I say every other day because, you know, I'm feeling a little guilty that some days it's not perfect, but you know what? I do an 11-step every day, so you know what? That's what I do to make sure that I don't carry the garbage every day with me. What I do is I ask God, turn my life and will over to my higher power every day, 
And I also say, Lord, and for me, it's God. It could be anything for anybody, anytime. But for me, my I use God. God, help me today to be of service to others and myself via the service. Um, so I'm grateful. You know, I'm just grateful today that we read this and that it reinstates to me that no matter where you are in your program or you're just starting the program or you've been in the program 150 years, it doesn't matter. It matters that you're willing to work it every single day and you're willing to be of service to others. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jackie B. Sue G., you're up next, and Peggy H. will be after Sue. Good morning. This is Sue G. from Michigan, saved by, not saved, in recovery by the grace of God. Um, it's always bothered me when they've used, you know, this is only me personally, but trying to wrap my head around spirit of the universe um, and higher power. And all of a sudden I was reading it this morning, and I saw how they had the comma afterwards, after Spirit of the Universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. And it clicked for me that the Spirit of the Universe is God, the power of God. And our ideas did not work, but the, but the God idea did. And so there, for me, there, there is a difference in who your higher power is. Um, we agnostics is trying very hard to explain that um, to me, that the spirit of the universe is God, and I always had a prejudice against using the the phrase "spirit of the universe" or other people that did because I thought they were they're often woo, you know, land somewhere, and that bothered me. And um, I've come to understand that that it's just another phrase. Like Bill loves to use different phrases for the same thing. And this is just another place where he did that. And uh, for me, I, I I thank God for the, the awareness of that this morning. And I just, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sue G. Well, Peggy H., and I believe I had the name wrong. I think it's Gina R. after Peggy H. Hi, this is Peggy, compulsory eater from Tempe, Arizona. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Great. Thank you, everybody, for your service. Um, I had to laugh at this reading today. I don't know what year this was written. I'm, I know the late 30s, it seems like, from what I remember. Um, so what, how many years ago was that? Over, you know, 50 years ago. And the rate at which society um, has changed has seemed, seems astronomical you know um nowadays we can flip out our phone and find an app you know for calorie counting or fitness buddy or whatever it is or go to our google and um um type in you know things about nutrition and diets and whatnot so we have more at our disposal more at our fingertips um than we've ever had before and yet the obsession and obesity around weight and diet is has just gone astronomical through the roof as well. And it's, um, I don't know if anybody's ever seen um, 
the documentary I think Ken Burns does on prohibition and um, it, do, it does this little um, little tiny shout out to Bill W and Alcoholics Anonymous at the very end of this six hour documentary you know when it seems like Rome's burning in the streets of New York with um, you know with the the control and the craziness of trying to get a control of this alcohol problem. And then as the, uh, as the film ends, shows, it shows this simple little room, corner room in the apartment building and mentions about how it seems that maybe, you know, AA found the answer. Very quiet, very obscure. Um, and you know, thank God we have the technology we do because here we are this morning, you know, on all different parts of the world calling into this um, meeting. So that's wonderful that we can use that same technology to, to recover. But the answer, the answer is in that quiet, simple spirit of the universe, the quiet, simple God um, of our understanding. And it's so, you know, it, it, it it transposes time. I mean, it, that's not the word I'm looking for. Though um, it goes beyond time and space. You know, always available to us, always, always the answer for us. Um, and just what a comfort! What a comfort for me in this in this very busy life in this very crazy um, universe. Sometimes that. Um, we, we can be still and know that God is God So um, through these steps and through this program. So thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Peggy. Gina R is up next, followed by Carol. Thank you so much, Elaine. This is Gina R, gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Colorado. Wow. Um, the, that very first sentence, but in most fields, our generation has witnessed complete liberation of our thinking. That is, to, at least for today, what the answer seems to be for me, complete liberation of our thinking. And what I have experienced this last year with um, working these steps to the best of my ability and laying aside those foods that... Um, kept me blocked from my higher power, that's what's happening with my thinking. In um, the earlier unrecorded meeting today, someone shared about the concept of neuroscience. And that's something I have an interest in. And she actually expressed how um, she has brain studies of her brain, like before and after. And she had one done recently, and the person who was giving her the results, um, I, I can't remember her exact words, but the impression I got was, this is miraculous. We're not sure what you're doing, but whatever it is you're doing, keep doing it, because it is changing your brain. And I am experiencing the same thing. Um, I'm noticing that my thoughts are not automatically going to that negative default setting. And when they do, when that character defect pops up, I'm not getting upset. I'm actually looking at it and going, okay, God, you're giving me an opportunity here um, to act the way you want me to. 
And because I've been using these tools, reaching out to my fellows, having them speak into me and support me, and letting and le- and hearing what they are hearing God say through me, or how I'm interpreting what God is saying to me, it's changing. My thinking is being liberated. And um, I am so excited today. And if you are new on the line and you are stuck in that rut of thinking that it is never going to change, take hold of one of our hands. Do those outreach calls. Get on the member list. Call around and just start talking to people who um, are experiencing this. This is not fantasy. This is real stuff. And I um, am so excited. I'm really looking forward to see what God has for my day and how it's going to unfold and how I can be of service to others. And I'm delighted that I'm able to be of service, and I thank you all for being on the line. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Gina R. Carol, if you could please share the first initial of your last name, and we'll have Kathleen O. after Carol. Yes, this is Carol K. from New Jersey. Recovered compulsive over you. Thanks. Um, you know, this is me. You know, when, when she read this, I just looked and said, holy God, this is me. Um, you know, I was having trouble with personal relationships. You betcha. I'm married 35 years. 33 years I've been in program for two years. For 33 years, I was miserably happy, unhappy, unhappy in my marriage. We weren't even friends, not even from the get-go, because I was, you know, I was, I was in a food when I came into program. Um you know, resentments, resentments. He walked, him and I walked around resentments against each other every day, him probably more so than me because I'm screaming at him. I verbally abused him. I physically abused him. I'm not proud of this, but this is my truth. This is what I did. I controlled all the money. He couldn't have a penny on him because I had to know where it all went. And plus, I didn't want him to have the money to buy him something because I needed it for my food. I needed it for my fix. My kids, all I did was yell and scream at them. I was depressed. I, I lived in such a... De- and that was normal for me. My siblings, though, I tossed them off at a curb because they did this to me and we were kids and they did that and they never saw my part. But, you know, and none of this was my fault because I was in my disease. So this wasn't my fault. This is just where I was. I didn't know about this book. I didn't know about this program. So that was the life I was living. All I was doing was hanging out with my fatty friends. You know, all us compulsive overeaters, we were sitting at the table, and that's the only time they'd come over when it was food, food, food. I mean, I couldn't even tell you what their personalities were like because I have no clue. All we were were food friends. By the way, today I have none as of now. Uh, Well, I shouldn't say that. Let me rephrase that. God is my best friend today, which I came in here, and I didn't even believe in God. And then my husband is my best human friend. Um. So, you know, my point is this. I, I was depressed. I was afraid. Um, you know, fear definitely got the best of me. I'm an agoraphobic with severe panic attacks and anxiety. These days I can't even leave the house. Now, the positive side to that is I'm out driving today. I didn't get my license until I was almost 40. It took me 20 years of psychotherapy for that. Um, you know, but with all this said and done, I was so miserable and unhappy. And the point I'm making here today is for all the newcomers on this line, Somebody handed me this book two years ago, and I had nowhere to go, and I was on my rear end and nowhere to go. And I decided to see if this worked. And guess what? It did. And if it could work for me, it could work for you too. All I am is another headless sardine in a can. That's it. I'm just one of you. 
With that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Carol. Okay. Um, Kathleen O., you're next. Good morning. Thank you, everyone. These are really great meeting, great shares today. This is Kathleen O., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. And, you know, these are great paragraphs. Um, those bedevilments would just always bite me in the butt. Um, you know, my solution for everything was to eat. Um, no matter what happened in life, my solution, the answer, just eat. And I had a boatload of ideas. You know, our, our old ideas didn't, our, our, our ideas didn't work, the God idea did. And I had a boatload of ideas, and not one of them worked. Um, so to come into, you know, 12-step recovery and hear the God idea worked for so many people, I thought, well, okay. And, you know, I kind of, I was one of those people that, that bristled at the word God when I came in um, due to my, you know, history growing up. Um, and so I liked the term spirit of the universe. It's like, okay, I can relate to that because I know there's something bigger out there, which, yeah, you know, today, those of us who didn't like spirit of the universe or didn't like God, it doesn't matter what people say now. It's all fine. It's all good. We all get it. You know, I get it. Um, and, and I, I do use God now because, um, you know, if nothing else, God is good orderly direction and, and gives me guidance. And this whole, this whole concept is really for me about just flowing with life and not fighting it. It's the difference of trying to swim against a current, a current to get somewhere, or am I just going to sit in an inner tube and just float down the river and enjoy it? And, you know, not everything always goes perfectly, but I don't need to eat over it today. And, and yes, they are, they are, it's always lessons. I always get to learn lessons. I feel like I'm, I'm here to find my purpose in life and to learn um, lessons. And so my character defects, you know, I will always have opportunities to work on those. And, you know, my husband got in this altercation with someone the other day and he was so stressed about it and he couldn't let it go all day. And it was, it ruined his entire day. And, um, and I said, you know, I've learned that, you know, um, because, you know, he had a legitimate gripe with this other person, but so did they. And I said, you know, I've always learned, say what you mean, mean what you say, but don't say it mean. And he said, well, I've always learned fight fire with fire. So it's like, great, swim against the current, <laughs> you know, that's where you're at at life. I'm not going to try to tell you what to do. All I know is it works better for me to just flow with the ebb of life, flow with, the, you know, the spirit of the universe, with God, um, you know, listen to what God wants me to do and learn. And, um, and you know, like every, so many other people on this line, I happily don't eat anymore. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. We'll open the floor again for sharing. Who would like to comment on what we read today? Press star 1 to unmute and share your name. Reggie O. Reggie? Terry H. Was that Karen H? Terry. Terry with a T. Thank you, Terry. Sherry KB. Sherry KB. Madam. Adam. Was oh Adam. Adam F. Yeah. Thank you. One more? Jody EQ. Jody EQ. Okay, let's go with that. So uh, Reggie O followed by Terry H. Please go ahead, Reggie. 
Hi, Hi. good morning. Thank you, Elaine, for your service and uh, everybody that's on the phone this morning. I'm Reggie O, gratefully recovered in the Los Angeles area. And uh, just looking at the first uh, sentence of the first two paragraphs, and the first and most feels our generation has witnessed complete liberation of our thinking because we get to see all these amazing possibilities. And then why shouldn't we apply to our human problems this same readiness to change our point of view? Uh, liberating our thinking, uh, you know, again, with our human problems. And then it goes on to list the devilments. And I, I remember the first time I ever, like, read those. And it was like, oh, my gosh, yeah, it was it was all, it was everything. I could relate to everything and the bedevilments. And, uh, and, and I have here written to the side, which somewhere it came along. This is the, you know, the unmanageability of the first step, powerless over compulsive eating. And uh, our lives have become unmanageable. And, um, you know, the 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 readiness to change our point of view that's the promise of working the steps you know is having you know that vital what's called a vital spiritual experience where all of our uh, emotions and ideas and attitudes uh the things that have guided us um are changed they're turning you know they're they're completely turned around into something different that actually works in a way that removes the obsession with food, which, you know, seeming, and then going on, you know, with a universe, uh, so others solve their problems by a simple reliance. And I love that phrase, simple reliance. You know, a sim- I don't have to figure it out. It's not complicated, you know. I follow to the best of my ability the directions given the 12 steps and reliance upon the spirit of the universe. Um, and, you know, I love, I actually love that phrase too, spirit of the universe. I love the phrase, the great reality, you know, it just speaks to something all powerful and it's quite something to, you know, to to then think and have the experience that this great power, this great all, everything power, I can actually have a personal intimate relationship with, which is could be mind-blowing, uh, but for the experience of having it because that grows more and more for me and, uh so when it says our ideas did not work, you know, and for me, certainly, I had one idea after another. I would read it in a book. I would see it on the Internet. I would come up with it in my own thinking uh, how I was going to solve this problem or that problem and certainly ongoing eating compulsively. And they never worked. But the God idea did, the simple reliance upon a power greater than myself that I develop a relationship with through working these 12 steps and having that become a way of life it is um you know it's amazing it's an amazing gift and to do that you know and to do that in in community and uh there was a time i remember when i thought that addictions were given to people who needed to learn how to live in community because can't do it alone and uh, with that i'll pass thank you very much reggie o terry h you're next followed by sherry kb Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina and grateful to be alive today. It's a beautiful day in Carolina. Um, Coming into OA about three and a half years ago, I believe that the food and food behaviors were the problem. And if I worked on that, I would be okay. Um, And then that eventually led me to stop eating. And in a short period of time, I left my family and I went into an inpatient treatment center um, for eating disorders. And I believe, you know, at that time, that would be helpful. 
when I got out of the treatment center, I decided that it would be helpful to move to a mountain, rent a cabin on top of a mountain, and live there for about 18 months. And of those 18 months, 15 months of that, I was abstinent. I followed the food plan, and I was abstinent, and I went to OA meetings. And eventually, when I felt I was healthy enough and, and, and doing well, I came off the mountain and returned to my life and returned to my family because all of my relationships were were completely shot. Um, I was miserable. I was depressed, you know, and all of that, you know, was just completely awful. And then I returned to my family thinking I could adjust to life again and fit back in to where, you know, things were. And I was miserable, miserable. I was abstinent, but I was miserable. And eventually I, you know, when struggles and troubles came up, I went right back into my disease right back into my food and my food behaviors. And my disease had progressed even worse, and I was slowly killing myself. And not slowly. I was on a fast track of killing myself. And eventually, you know, I had some willingness to go back to the OA meetings, to the ones that I attended uh, first. And it was a t- totally different meeting. Uh, same people, but different meeting. And in that meeting, I saw, you know, where people had, um, solve the problem. There were recovered people and they were sharing their experience, strength, and hope. And I was like, who are these people? What has happened to them? And I wanted that. And so that little bit of willingness that I had, you know, and I asked someone to sponsor me, a recovered person, and work the steps, um, I had that spiritual experience. And, um, you know, I worked those steps hard. And, um, you know, the promises um, are coming true. You know, the opposite of those bedevilments, those promises are coming true in my life today. My son is graduating Friday from high school and my stepdaughter, both of them are graduating from high school. There's a lot of chaos going on in my world right now with, with people and family and friends and food and celebrations and just lots of teenagers everywhere. And, you know, I am so grateful for my recovery today because without that, I would not be able to survive this. I would not be able to be present to experience it. And, you know, I'm really grateful for my um, face-to-face home group and that it's a big book vision meeting and all the people in that group sharing their experience, strength, and hope with me just one more day. I do the work, I take the actions, and I turn it over. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Carrie H. Sherry KB. Please Good go morning. ahead and you'll be followed by Adam S. Thank you, Sherry. Sure. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, gratefully covered compulsive eye reader. Thanks for your service, Elaine. Um <clears throat> I'm I'm loving the 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 shares today on the line. Um complete liberation of our thinking. Um, complete readiness. Um, to me this is preparing me for looking at you know, because it's telling me that I can get ease here if I look at my unmanageability or the bedevilments, um, which are all listed here, as everybody has read, and uh, the emotional natures and misery and depression and, you know, can't make a living and feeling of uselessness and um, and unhappiness and all of that. And so the interesting part is it's telling us, you know, we need to keep our minds open or I need to keep my mind open and that I will find ease for new ideas, and if I have complete readiness, which is, you know, step one and two, that I see my powerlessness here, 
um, with the bedevilments and the unmanageability, and then yet, and then the third paragraph is, you know, the spirit of the universe. It's it's learning to stop doubting the power of God and, and to get rid of my old ideas because my ideas didn't work and the God idea did. It's just that simple. It's telling us right here. Here's A, B, C. And I just, you know, I look at this. Um, some people say look at this and use the I statements and the bedevilments and then also use the I statements and just being abstinent alone. Um, being abstinent alone can still bring up uh, all of these bedevilments if I'm not in the book, if I'm not working the steps, if I'm not living in 10, 11, and 12, and if I'm not relying on a power greater than myself, the spirit of the universe. Um, this has been written out so beautifully. Um, and then right here it says um, uh, that, you know, that it's telling me just to go ahead and believe because look at all the bedevilments I'm going through. So what matters do I need to show proof of linear flight? Which why do I need to have proof when I see proof in other people and I've seen proof in my own self and my own changing due to doing this work? I, I feel relieved of these bedevilments. I'm not saying they don't happen. And, and today, the difference is, is I know what to do with the bedevilments today. I have a spiritual toolkit that I keep sharpening with living in 10, 11, and 12. It helps me keep these bedevilments at, at bay. And I'm just so grateful for my higher power. And that's what is the number one gadget for me is keeping that. I'll never get rid of that gadget because it just keeps improving itself as as I go along. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Adam S., you're up next, followed by Jody EQ. Hi, this is Adam S. in California, compulsive overeater. And hi, uh, thank, hi there. Thank you. Um, thank you all for your shares. Um, what a way to drive to work. And, uh, you know, it's an easy concept, this uh, this idea of uh, God, and it's certainly my truth that, um, you know, I had all those bedevilments and um, still have them. And, and it, while it's easy, um, it's certainly not obvious, and it's certainly not something that uh, the higher power concept isn't something that I arrive at lightly or um, with excitement. See, I don't want I don't want this. I never wanted this to be the truth. I wanted to have freedom and get whatever I want. I wanted it so bad that um, I wanted it so badly that I had to eat. Meaning, if that's my if that's my paradigm, and I want everything that's comfortable and I want to do whatever I want, then um, I I don't see how I can have a, a, a world where food or anything else isn't. I, I need it to make that keep that alive. And, I, you know, I've been in program for a while with, you know, at a healthy body weight for many years. And, um, and you know, I get it, you know, without doubt that, the, the, that I'm an alcoholic with food. The first drink gets me drunk. That really resonates with me. And over time, um, I've had to uh, question if the, if, you know, if it wasn't like my whole hard drive was erased, you know, one file at a time. I had over, I've had to, over the years, examine my other higher powers, like money, like I don't have to follow the rules, like entitlement, and all these things that, um, for, and, and I can ask this question every day, every minute, is what's my higher power today? Do I really want serenity, right? Because it's, it's lip service, it's easy to say I want serenity, but, but what do I want more than serenity? Do I want to get whatever I want and have my way? Or do I want serenity? 
And um, more and more, you know, I, I, I look at this, you know, 18 and a half years abstinent, and I'm like, yes, sometimes I don't want serenity, right? Sometimes I want just what I want because I want it. And that's the, the mindset. And, you know, we heard about 10, 11, 12. That's why I need a program more now than I, you know, the road gets narrower, and so, do, so does my need for a program. And um, we come to believe in step two, right? We come to believe. And that's a deepening process for me more and more and more. So um, for today, you know, I'm in a work situation that's a little dramatic, and I may or may not sit, stay. But for today, right, the peace and liberation that comes with the freedom of thought when I have a God concept in my life is well worth it for me. So just just at this moment, I don't know what the next moment is going to hold, right? Because I may my big appetite may may want something more, something different that's not fair. So what the program at a minimum teaches me is the way my disease works. It's not a fair this game. time. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Adam S. and Jody EQ. Thank you, Elaine. Good morning, everyone. This is Jody EQ, a grateful compulsive overeater and bulimic in California. So I'm going to look at this third paragraph. When we saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. Our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. You know, that's what got me to really believe in the 12 steps. I already believed in God when I came in, but I, but my concept of God and my reliance on God was very small. And when I came into these rooms and started hearing your stories and the stories of people in AA, I had to believe. I was convinced. I'm convinced this morning by listening to you all on this line. Wow. Such beautiful stories of transformation that just bring tears to my eyes. Wow, you know. So when I see it happening for others, yes, I am convinced. It's obvious to me that these 12 steps work. And having applied them to myself, I see them working in me too, which is, you know, it's just so liberating and so I'm just so grateful. I'm I'm here visiting a family. I'm on a journey and I'm visiting family and um have three people around me and I just, you know, I see the bedevilments in them and I, I'm just so grateful that I don't see them in me today. I my relationships are good today. I can control my emotional nature. I am not prey to misery and depression today. I can make a living. I do have a feeling of usefulness because I sponsor people. Thank you, God. I am not full of fear. I'm happy. I I feel that I am of real help to people. I'm not perfect, of course. I'm not definitely not the perfect sponsor. But I try, I do my best, and I feel that I'm helping people in in the most profound way. I help people in my profession as well, but it doesn't feel as 
important as significant as the help I can give a sponsee with these 12 steps. So thank you all for being my um, witnesses, and I'm just so grateful. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, Jody EQ. We just have a couple minutes before we close the meeting, so I'm just going to take that time to share. And um, my name is Elaine B. Recovered in Massachusetts. And it was so helpful for me the time I heard somebody read this on the line. We were having trouble with personal relationships while abstinent. We could not control our emotional natures while abstinent. We were a prey to misery and depression while abstinent. We couldn't make a living while abstinent. We had a feeling of uselessness while abstinent. We were full of fear while abstinent. We were unhappy while abstinent. We could not seem to be of real help to other people while abstinent. And so in that, I know abstinence is not enough. It's not enough. It's not the solution. I need more than a solution. You know, maybe I can keep the food down. Maybe the pounds will go off. I thought that if I had a right-sized body, everything would clear up. All my problems would be solved. But all these things happened while abstinent. And we read that when we saw others solve their problems uh, multiple by a simple reliance on the spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. Um, You know, all my best thinking, all of my best ideas, all of my, you know, um, self-management and and capabilities and even resources that I could reach out to through people and disciplines and and, um, fellowship. It wasn't enough. I had to rely on the spirit of of the universe. It was going to answer not just my food problem, but all my problems. When when I have a problem with personal relationships, it would crop up. But just as somebody was sharing, you know, I know what to do with them. Um, when I'm full of fear, I know what to do with it. Feeling unhappy, I know it'll pass. I know I know what to do with this. This toolkit works. <laughs> And I really love the word simple. I actually looked it up. It's uncomplicated. It's um, it's easily understood. So a simple reliance on a power greater than myself keeps me abstinent one day at a time and keeps me in serenity as I walk the steps. So thank you, everybody, so much who has shared. We'll now close the meeting with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Mary H. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. I will. This is Mary H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your house, if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.